Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Dug it, just got her, then fuck it, either what we come to win. Others in love with the front of this family, just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. Episode 2, I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, and joined this week as always by Tim Daniel. Hey everybody! Sean Mackey. What's going on? And from KCEN News, Nick Hanazawas. Hey, what's happening? How you doing, man? Oh, we're Thanks good. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. Anytime, anytime. we got a little preseason football on, so i got a couple hours to, to kind of sit back and relax and, and watch football. Well, preseason football, I mean, Nick, I don't know if you know this, this is a basketball show. We don't say It is. Word. I know. I, I love <laughs> basketball, though. Anything that is not football, I am dedicated to basketball, especially those Houston Rockets. Okay, you came <laughs> to the right place, then. Because if you didn't know, this is 48 Minutes. It is the conversational NBA podcast. It does post each and every. We're still kind of figuring out that schedule on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like it, go to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can check all our other podcasts out. You can see all the articles we've been posting. We've been trying to keep ourselves busy and entertaining you guys with a whole bunch of new shows. you got Dropping Balls with Tim and Ben. We've got an NCAA show getting ready to start. So... The, the groundwork is being set as we as we lay the seeds to plant the podcasting crops, as one does, because in this agricultural metaphor, we are a farm. But let's get right into this. Hey, let me just say, I loved your, I loved your podcast with the NBA Jam guy. That was great stuff. Well, that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That took us all by surprise. He just he started rattling off like a soundboard, and I thought Tim got us a robot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was great. And Nick is talking about our podcast with Tim Kitzrow, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Plug, 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 because you guys know how much I love to do those. But Nick, we did not bring you on here for any, you know, just any reason. Of course not. It's, it's, it's getting to be preseason time. It's getting to be we're, we're some number of days away, 70, 69, 90. It's getting close. We, we are in the, the doldrums of August, as, as one would say. But down in Texas, in that little triangle of teams you guys have, you got one that, that's looking real promising in those Rockets, and we wanted to bring you on to discuss the 2017-2018 Rockets season. So... Let's just get right into this. You ended the season 55-27. and 27. You added a little guy named Chris Paul, who's just a little bit of an improvement in the point guard spot, you know, to go along with James Harden and the bright future that is Clint Capella. How are you feeling heading into this season? I'm feeling good. Not complete, but I feel good. You know, the Rockets this past season, you know, when Mike D'Antoni came on board, you knew that there were going to be a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Um, you saw James Harden, what he can do under that system, uh, put up MVP-like numbers. If it wasn't for uh, Russell Westbrook you know, doing a whole triple-double throughout the season, I think uh, James Harden would have won the Most Viable Player Award. But this is a team where they know that the window, they have a, a good amount of window, but you know they haven't won a championship since the 94-95 season uh, when they swept Orlando. Now, you trade seven, well, you basically trade seven players, and then a 2018 first-round draft pick for Chris Paul, who this has been like five or six years in the making. Um, 
Right now, as it stands, you have Chris Paul in the starting lineup along with Harden, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, and Clint Capella. And then you kind of mix in a, a bunch of, you know, kind of a bunch of role players. Uh, basically with uh, uh, Luke Mabamute, Troy Williams, um, you know, uh, it just I guess the list goes on and on. P.J. Tucker, Tariq Black. And, of course, they're trying to pursue Carmelo Anthony. That's the big piece, So. Are they going to go out there and uh, and try to trade for him? Of course, the only trade ship they pretty have is is Ryan Anderson in that big contract. Nobody wants it. Uh, they don't have a first round draft pick for for a couple of years. Uh, so right now, it's either you know you're with you're looking without Carmelo Anthony. I think they're about a top three, of course, top four in the Western Conference. But of course, the, at the very end, everybody's chasing Golden State. And uh, one thing I should bring up, though, this is a this is a pretty deep team. After trading a good amount of the rotational players, uh, but this season they should be a much improved defensive team, which they haven't had in a, in a long while. So I'm eager to see exactly what's going to happen on the defensive end because if they can play defense, we know they can put up the points. That's a big if in a D'Antoni offense, wouldn't you think? Oh, that's a huge if, because even his time in Phoenix, New York, they don't play a lick of defense. And you know, with being a Rockets fan and covering and covering them, you know, pretty much my entire career, you know, you had a King back in the day. You had Kenny Smith, Sam Cassell, Vernon Maxwell, and you know, then of course you had Yao Ming and the McGrady era. But right now, you know, I love offense, but defense wins. You gotta, you can't score 120 points and give up 125. That's just not going to happen. We are in a post mustache D'Antoni world, so anything is possible. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know, the without the mustache, he'll, it'll bring better luck. But you know, I, I think this could be the rocket year. But of course, I mean, you got to have people that can defend against Durant and Steph Curry and uh, Draymond Green. Those those are guys that if you shut them down, you're going to win. But you know, who's going to do that though for you? Yeah. So. Dick talking to me a little bit about Chris Paul, like we mentioned, it's the big thing. It's the biggest fish in all the offseason, probably besides Gordon Hayward. Is this the biggest free agent acquisition, technically, the sign-and-trade that the Rockets have gotten since Scottie Pippen? Um, Probably. Well, I guess I guess you go back with T-Mac uh, in the Orlando, the Orlando deal. You know, he was a scoring champion the year before, and and uh, they brought him on board, and we thought, you know, him and Yao were going to do big things. Of course, they couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Yao Ming's career went, you know, to you know, ended pretty much prematurely with this foot injury. But this is a huge, this is a huge deal. Uh, you know, Chris Paul is 32 years old. He's not a he's not a young chicken anymore. He's he's a veteran, but also he's a nine time All Star. Then you team him up with James Harden. They do have a good lineup there. Uh, but his his age and in, injury history though, it's kind of a risk. He's only played, what, he played 61 games last year, missing time because of a thumb surgery. It was the third time in his career which he missed 20 or more games. That's a huge red flag for me. If you can't stay healthy and and be on the court, then how are you going to help the team? Now, he does have the ability to, to create steals. Uh, I think right now I saw he's a career leader in steals among active players. But that has also contributed to his finger problems, you know, with his thumbs and, and missing time. Uh, but I think he brings – he's the quarterback of the team now. He's going to spread out the floor. Uh, James Harden, I thought of some times, he did a great job at the point. But, again, he just makes too many turnovers, forces too many shots. 
Uh, he tries to be the one-man show, but now you know you got Chris Paul in there where he can be the facilitator and get everybody else involved. And, of course, I think Chris Paul in this offense can average about 18 points, 10, 11 assists. So that's what you know the Rockets are looking for is a guy that, you know, not – Producing the entire scoring load, but just kind of you know make everybody involved and, uh, and and get some good shots off. So I, I kind of want to just, given how D'Antoni kind of left the league, you know, post New York, post LA, what were I just kind of want to you know like capture your initial thoughts when they signed D'Antoni as a coach? Was there excitement or was there a bit of reticence on your end personally? I guess it's a, a little bit of both. I mean, I was excited because you knew that they were going to play up-tempo. Um, it was going to be a fast offense. You're going to have a ton of possessions, ton of shots. Then in the end, of course, in my gut, I'm like, man, you know, I, I don't like the system because of defense. You know, you got to play defense to win. And we saw it all this season. How many times did they give up 110, 115 points, 120 points? It was sickening sure. to see that. And with a guy like James Harden, who's built, is one-dimensional, you know, to me, he's all offense, no defense. You see it on Deadspin and, and YouTube and all those videos where he just stands there and, and watches somebody, you know, drive past him for a layup. But I think that, you know, them going out and getting a couple of rim protectors like P.J. Tucker and, uh, and Maba Mute, and then you got some guys on the bench – uh, that can come out and play a good role. And Nene, Nene played, he had a, a tremendous yeah. season last year uh, before he got hurt in the postseason. Those are guys uh, that can contribute very well. And I think, you know, their rotation, eight, nine-man rotation, I think can compete. But to get back to your question with uh, Mike D'Antoni, you know, seeing him and seeing what the Rockets can do in that system, because all they do is shoot threes. Trust me, I used to be a three-point shooter uh, back in my day. I love it. But, man, you cannot live and die by the three-pointer, especially nowadays. I know that's the NBA. It's where it's going. But you have to, you know, still post up down low. You need to have a rim protector. And you also you need to hit your mid-range up shots. I don't know. We'll see what happens in 2017-18. But hopefully that they play more of a um, not so much behind the arc, but that's what they're built for. But hopefully more a little bit inside. Uh, Nick, quick question. Clint Capella, I'm a big fan of this guy. He's done a hell of a job in the last two years. What do you expect from him this year? What What do you think would make him, you know, turn into a better player? Oh, he's, you know, he's like one of the unsung heroes. I don't think not many people even know about him. And, uh, you know, if, if you are, I guess, a, I guess a diehard NBA fan, you might know about Clint Capella, but this guy, you know, I think his per 48 minutes average was just off the charts, especially on the rebounding position. And uh, this is a guy who does it all, take charges. He does the little things that doesn't show up in the box score. That's what the crazy thing is. Um, you know, last year in the postseason, you know, he had uh, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, you know, I think he had uh, almost almost a block a game. Th- th- that's the kind of stuff that you need from he's not a true center, he's not your you know traditional Elijah or Shaquille Neal and all that. I know that the bar is very high on those two, but those are guys that you know can go down low in the post and 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 shoot and and a hook shot and all that other stuff. He's just a guy who is a garbage cleaner. He, he cleans up on the glass. He makes just a little buckets and makes the team better. But he's improved ever since he 
has gotten to Houston. You know, he's been there for three years. He was a first-round pick. I didn't think he could do anything much of him. But, hey, when you, when you average 12 points and you're shooting about 64% from the field, uh, you can only hope that uh, he can only get better and improve on those stats this upcoming season. And, man, he's on a cheap deal, too. So how important is that? Oh, it's huge. It's huge because, you know, with the salary cap and, and financial-wise, he doesn't cost the, the Rockets hardly anything. You know, and, you know, you, you look at it from his first season in the league where he was only averaging, I think, two or three points. He played in a dozen games. And then his sophomore season, pretty much, he, he you know, played in about 77 games. He raised the uh, average from two points to about seven. And then last year, he took that major step where he started 59 games. And that's huge for him. He, uh, his minutes went up slightly, not by much, but he was making everything count. And, you know, his all of his points come from literally from about 10 feet in, easy layups, easy dunks. He doesn't really shoot the ball a lot. Um, he could improve on that free throw percentage because it's terrible. And, and, of course, in crunch time, people will go to Hackashack, and he's the guy, first guy that they can see. But he's, he's improved tremendously. And I think with Chris Paul right now, uh, at the point, and you get uh, you get uh, James Harden as a shooting guard. It's going to make him even better because all the attention will be on those two. They go in the lane. They they feed Capella right next to him, and boy, he's in for an easy layup. So I think uh, you expect big things from him. So you you mentioned earlier that you kind of do feel like the team isn't whole, though. So to kind of walk that back a little bit, let's say Adam Silver shows up at your door. He says, Nick Canizales, you are the GM for the Houston Rockets. The top 20 players in the NBA are not on the board, but you can add anyone 21 on down oh, man. to the Rockets roster. Who who plugs that hole? That's a great that's – a, that's, a, that's like a stump question there. <laughs> you, um, you know, you, know you, you look at this Carmelo deal – and basically, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that because you you would add another guy that needs the basketball in his hands. You already have two guys that need the basketball. Right now, I'm not sure who you would pick up. Somebody, I guess, that can shoot the ball from the outside. Um, I'm trying to remember who's left in free agency right now that can that can shoot the ball. Oh, they don't um, have to be free agents. Nikola Mirotic. You're, you're going. Yeah, hey. You, that you can that go to could other be a yeah. Uh, like, Give me that guy. Yeah, I mean somebody who can not only shoot but also can rebound the basketball. That's what they need. Um, but I'm going to have to get back to you on that question here. You know, in a couple of minutes, let me think about that uh, because they they do they they do need some uh, some more rim protectors. I mean PJ Tucker, that's nice. Um, and those other guys that they that they picked up uh, with uh, Mababute. But those aren't those guys are just role players in their career, and you know some of them are averaging six points, four boards, and they do kind of do the dirty work. But I don't know who you would plug in. But you know, are we talking about trade wise? Are we talking about um, straight pilfering? Man. Just man, just you just you just go. This is mine now, and the other team just has to acquiesce and be like, "Yes, sir, Mister Canizales." Well, I would, I would. If it was up to me, and I don't know about a, a, a player off the top of my head, but I, I need a guy that plays a little bit of defense. You know, they lost that in Patrick Beverly. He left, to, you know, they got traded to the Clippers. That's a guy who I love because he was always uh, gritty. 
and always like a like a like a you know white on rice right there is he's oh, he's with their best player. So I would need somebody like that, a defensive stopper, where at least I know that I have a guy that will stop their main man. So I'm going to ask you this because obviously we're all really good friends with your brother, and we know your brother's a big fan of the big fundamental Tim Duncan. So Robert Ory, a former Rocket and Spur, has said this this summer, he's had a lot of sound bites, actually. He's gotten a little did crazy. You, did you see where he, he uh, got in a fight uh, yeah. <laughs> recently? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he said this week that he thought Hakeem Olajuwon was, not this week, but this summer, that Hakeem Olajuwon was three times the player Tim Duncan was. What is your take on that? I guess it's just, I mean, they're both two different styles, though. Hakeem was more, um, you know, the dream shake, shake and move, uh, running up and down the court. Tim Duncan, of course, the, the, he he was just so smooth, and his, he's not flashy. Olajuwon was flashy. He would yeah, he, he would get you with the hook shot and dream shake and I mean his footwork as a seven footer was unbelievable and but Tim Duncan I mean they, they're just two contrasting styles Tim Duncan was boring but he got the job done I love watching Tim Duncan because he he goes off glass he does just the just the you know the things that you were taught when you were six seven eight years old and that uh, you know him coming you know staying all four years at Wake Forest. I think really helped him develop his game into a bona fide superstar when he, you know, got drafted and just, you know, every single year. That's why even in his later years here, past couple of years, that he was as effective, you know, at, at his age because he still was doing the same things over and over. But, you know, yeah, of course, I, I think uh, I would take a large one over Tim Duncan. That's no doubt. Uh, he's a huge shot blocker. Tim Duncan was a big shot blocker himself, but I, I think I like the flashiness and and Olajuwon was my go-to guy. I know Tim Duncan was a go-to guy, uh, you know, in his career. But he wasn't, I guess, because you had Tony Parker and you had other guys. But Olajuwon was the main guy, and you knew that you dumped it down, you're going to get the dream shake, and you're going to chalk up a W there. How about a hypothetical, hypothetical deal for Gorgie Jang? How would you like a player like that? Yeah, I wouldn't mind I that. I think he has a... A decent contract that you could get a hold of. I think he would be a perfect piece for the Rockets. I think he would. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, you know, it all goes down to money-wise. They need some, some people they can control because, I mean, James Harden is making an outrageous salary. Is he worth every penny? Of course he is. But uh, then you have, uh, you know, Ryan Anderson making that big salary. Eric Gordon making that big salary. So you're going to have to... Find some mid-range or mid uh, mid exception uh, players. You know, Trevor Reese is making seven point four mil, uh, so they're they're under the salary cap a little bit. But yeah, a good contract. He's a solid player. That's all you need right there. Um, I still think they need one more big move though. If they're going to contend for a title, unless somehow Golden State gets upset in the playoffs, they need to make one more big move. I don't think Carmelo. I was kind of sold on Carmelo a little bit, but now as the days and months have gone on. I just don't think Carmelo would be a fit because, again, like I said, he needs the basketball just like James Harden needs the basketball in his hands, just like Chris Paul needs the basketball in his hands. I don't want that. I think one guy is enough, two guys is, is more than enough, and there's just not enough shots to go around because Carmelo loves to shoot it 20 times a game. We know James Harden loves to shoot it 25 times a game. You know, Chris Paul, you know, he, he doesn't shoot that much, but they, they all need their touches. 
Isn't that kind of the situation every offseason with Carmelo, though? Every team's like, we yes. gotta get Carmelo. Then as, like, the days and weeks and months go on, they're like, maybe we shouldn't. I, I know. You know who I would like to see, um, who I was kind of high on in Detroit, and even now, is Greg Monroe. You know, he's with the Bucks now. I loved him when he was with the Pistons. I was playing fantasy basketball for a couple of years, and I had him. And uh, he would just dominate on the boards. I mean, he would average, you know, a double-double here and there. And, you know, uh, I think he's an unrestricted free agent. That's a guy that would love to have for the Rockets to where you have yeah, a big man. He can give you 15 and 10 a night. Uh, and then you just rotate him out. He doesn't have to play a lot. He can play 25, 30 minutes. You don't need him to play, you know, any more than that. But a guy like that where he's very productive in the short amount of minutes that he does play. I think he was averaging, I think, 22 and a half, 23 minutes this past season. See, I, uh, I'm a big Greg Monroe fan of the Spurs, if that were to occur. Yeah. Tim, Tim is aware of, yes. of my prophecy roster, in which I, I feel there are teams in the NBA that are just, or not teams, but players, rather, in the NBA that are just destined to live and die on the Spurs roster at some point. And I think Greg Monroe checks all the boxes. You know, the crazy thing is with, with the Spurs, no, they're like fine wine. It doesn't matter how old they are, they will win 60-plus games a year, and they're always in the title hunt. Greg Popovich, what he's done is tremendous. And uh, I hate to see the Spurs whenever he retires because I think they're going to go downhill. But they do have Kawhi Leonard and a couple of guys. But, uh, man, it's tough. I mean, them being at the top for so long and for decades. We're talking almost, what, 20 years that they've been on top? Mm -hmm. And uh, You have to figure in, in that time. He's probably cloned himself. Yeah. To develop a very young Popovich, like in a lab somewhere. I mean, you see probably him with aging. the media. He's not, you know, not he hates doing the media stuff. Of course, he'll throw some zingers here and there. But, uh, you know, he's just, he's all business. He's focused on winning championships. That's what they've done. Uh, I'm very jealous. My wife's, is, uh, my wife's from San Antonio, so she's a diehard Spurs fan. She loves to rub it in all the time. All I have is a back-to-back championships from when I was back in high school in the mid-90s with the Rockets. And they haven't done much since. They haven't been, you know, Western Conference Finals, you know, but one time in, in a long time with uh, Dwight Howard and James Harden. But other than that, they haven't done anything. And, you know, until they get to get past the Spurs or, or the Warriors, they're not going to do anything. Let's just go ahead and say it's that second title. It's all Nick Anderson's fault, Okay. That's what it was. Oh, man. Can you imagine, you know, missing those free throws at the end? And then never making free throws for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. And the Western Conference, though, as a whole, you, you look at the Eastern Conference, that is weak. It's set up for LeBron James and the Cavs to make another run at the finals, which I'm tired of seeing each and every year. Hey, your Bulls need to come in and uh, and, and start doing something. <laughs> they, no, this, no, you're funny. Now, no, Nick. We, we do not associate with that team in the Windy City. Oh, my Lord. We, we, we have disassociated. We are, we are officially disenfranchised from, from the Bulls. I have, I have hitched my <laughs> apple wagon to the Boston Celtics car. I'm, hey, I tell I you what, I don't know what the Celtics, you know, I, I love that team. I don't know what Danny Ainge is doing hoarding all those draft picks. Go out and, and trade all those first-rounders for you know, some bona fide superstars. Their, their team right now is stellar to begin with, but they can make it even better, elevate it. And uh, they should be going to the finals every year for the next couple of years. 
I mean, do do they have to elevate it though? Just given the conference that they no, play? No, I, I mean, I don't a, think so. A talent migration. I mean, there's only there's only two teams, you know, with with Cleveland and Boston, and uh, right. if if those two are not making it to the conference finals every year, something's wrong. It's so watered down now. You know, Paul George leaving Indiana, you know, going to Oklahoma City, and then you have just everybody else hopping on the Western Conference bandwagon. It is just beyond ridiculous. It's a gauntlet every single night for Western Conference. So as a Western Conference, you know, staple that you are and everything, how how do you feel about the talent migration and the talent gap that is between conferences? I mean, are you glad that Houston has made the moves they have? I mean, obviously you'd have to be, but how do you feel about like the rest of the West and where no they doubt? Like, oh, of course, I want to in? see the West. I want to see rest of the West get weaker. I mean, but you know, when you have uh, you know Minnesota's gotten tougher, you know, bringing in uh, Jimmy Butler, and um, that's a team to get you know with, with uh, Anthony Carl Towns. That's oh man, Carl Anthony Towns. That's a team that you better look out for. They're gonna they're gonna make some noise. In the Western Conference, but of course, you know, with the Spurs and the Warriors and the Oklahoma City, it just you know I'm, you know, as, as a Rockets fan and also covering them, I'm kind of skeptical because as we see in the playoffs, Rockets have you know you know they have have not followed through. They've pretty much choked in the playoffs, to be honest. And they have the team that's built to do something, but the Western Conference, I I, I don't like how it is right now. It's so so tough. But it, it, it'll make for interesting uh, nights watching on TV. So bold prediction. Does Chris Paul make it to the conference finals? This year? Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to go... No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they make it to uh, the second round. They don't make it to the conference finals. I think they're going to just... Uh, they're going to implode in the second round. Uh, I, I don't see them going to the conference finals. If they do, that would be fantastic. I think maybe I think the following year, depending on what's going to happen in free agency, uh, they have a great shot. But as far as this year, no, they're going to end up like they did, you know, this past year and get knocked out in round two. So, Nick, let me ask you a little bit about the Rockets front office because we know it's awesome. Uh, we know Daryl Morey has no fear; he will do everything he can to make his team better. Um, what were your thoughts on you know his pandering and his obsession last year with making sure he was throwing digs at Russell Westbrook and during the whole James Harden MVP race? Yeah. Is he right to an extent? Yes, but well, did yes, he go too far? He's gonna, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I know he's gonna he's gonna do, do whatever he can for his guy and try to push his guy, but you know, I, I just thought that was, you know, Daryl Moore is a smart man. He is he has constructed this team into a really good team, but he just needs to go ahead, focus on what he's doing. You know, hype his guys up, but don't get into all that you know all that mess and all that talk. I saw where you know he wants to get rid of the awards. I don't like that idea. I mean, that's what uh, you know you reward the best players at the end of the season. Um, but you know, you know to me that was you know, I, I just don't I just didn't like what he did. Who would you have? Who was your pick for MVP last year? Man, well, you know, it was obviously Russell Westbrook. I mean, for what he did, averaging a triple-double, that's that's only been done for the second time in history. Um, you got to give him you know, major props. At the end, though, I thought that was kind of watered down because the way how he was getting triple-doubles. Um, nobody going for the rebound except him. Uh, you know, just... 
I don't know. To me, that kind of irked me the wrong way. The way the way he was he was getting the triple doubles towards the end. Um, you know, like I said, if it was any other year, James Harden would have won for me hands down. The way he played and and carried that team on his back. But like I said, I just don't see how you you could not have given it to Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's he's he was a man. He uh, did something that you know only Oscar Robertson did back in '61 '62. And that's difficult to do, triple doubles. He made it look easy. I don't know if he can ever do it again, you know, as far as keeping that up. But for one season, he was the absolute man. And everybody was fixated on him. I was I was always, you know, looking to see if he was going to get another triple double or not. That's stuff that you see on, on video games. Right. So one more before we wrap up, and we'll give you the floor to, you know, pimp your wares and everything you got to do. But... On Daryl Morey's Instagram, he he is trolling with the best of them. I know Tim mentioned with the whole you know getting rid of the awards and everything, but uh, I don't know if you saw this post that he made five days ago at the time of recording this. He shared a Facebook search for himself, and under all, he the caption for this photo is disappoint, disappointed the quote I want to fire group is much more popular than the other groups. In a Facebook search for himself, the most popular group results are Fire Daryl Morey at 41 members, Church of Daryl Morey at 2 members, and I Want to Sex Daryl Morey at 2 members. Holy cow. Which camp do you fall in and why? (laughs) Holy, well, I guess I Want to Sex Daryl Morey has got to be out of the question. (laughs) I guess it would have to be Church of Daryl Morey because I don't, you know, he doesn't need to get fired. He's done a great job with that team. Um, You know, from... From just constructing, uh, you know, he's gone through coaches with Kevin McHale, and I thought Kevin McHale did a great job, even though there was a time that I thought he should have got fired. And then when he did get fired, I was kind of shocked that he that he did because um, I just, I you know, at one time I thought he was losing the team, and and uh, you know, like I said, D'Antoni has taken over, done a great job, but I would be church with Daryl Morey. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the looking at it right now on the Instagram, and it's kind of uh, these people are. <laughs> These people are something else. Uh, yeah, at least he's aware. He's aware. He is, you know, and that, he's having a good time though. He, he he's having fun. I think you know nowadays, you know, people are too thin skinned and and they don't know how to have a uh, you know have a good time. And and most of these people, are, you know, when you're in that profession, you got to have a thick skin and have some fun because you're not always you're always either going to be loved or hated, one or the other. It's never in the middle. Nobody's going to. You know, I mean, you're always going to be loved or hated. You know, uh, you know Houston. I think you know only you know Houston. He's loved. I think you know a lot of other places. He's respected. Of course, some other places. You know they hate him because of uh, things that he said. But hey, you know he he he's speaking from what he feels, and and um, you know hopefully he feels and starts speaking that this team is going to win a championship here soon because uh, we're starving for it. It's been it's been too long. It's starting to be like the Dallas Cowboys. And you guys are through, you know, the poison pill contracts of Omer Sheik and things like that. So you've kind of you've waded through that water. And Omer Sheik, think, definitely think you guys. Boy, have that's a much brighter horizon. Yeah, that's a, oh man, that's a, that's a guy I hadn't heard in a while, and they got you know they sent him to to New Orleans at the time. But yeah, he's made some kind of you know just, okay, just like the uh, the Ryan Anderson deal. 
I was kind of a, that was a head scratcher, even though that I know that he's a solid player. But paying him sixty plus million dollars, Eric Gord, I thought was a was a solid addition. I still think he is, especially as a six man, reigning six man of the year. But uh, you know, there's been some you know home runs like this you know Chris Paul trade, Dwight Howard. I loved when he came on board, just didn't work out. Um, you know, he was hurt with his back, and it just didn't it didn't produce. You know, that's a, you got to chalk up a. I guess I would give him like a C, maybe C plus for that. Uh, but we'll see how this Chris Paul trade does. Now, if if Chris Paul and James Harden, if they don't, you know, if they don't mesh well, I would I would say that Trevor Ariza would be a guy in a seven point four million dollar contract. You better look out for that. He might get dealt and become a trade chip. And then you got PJ Tucker and Mabamute coming on in, so that's that's a guy you need to keep an eye on is Trevor Ariza. They're gonna Rockets are they're interested in keeping him right now, but if this thing starts to sell the other way, he could be the first guy out of there, and uh, Rockets might start getting desperate and start making some moves. I can totally see that. Well, before we wrap up, Nick, the floor is yours. Thank you for joining us as always. Where can the kids on planet Earth find you? Well, people at Planet Earth, they can find me at uh, kcntv.com. They can go on my Twitter page, at Nick Canizales, and also on my Facebook page, Nick Canizales, K-C-E-N. You can find me there. Uh, We're talking, um, you know, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, Baylor University, uh, Texas A&M, University of Texas, all that good stuff. So I'm here down in Waco, Texas, and it is hot, hot, hot. I'm ready for some cool weather. This 110-degree heat for the birds. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just what the South is, though, right? It's just hot, and I just, isn't Texas just heat and humidity and food trucks, as is my understanding? That, yes, food trucks, that's it. That's it. Now, that's why I've, I've gained some weight since uh, vacation, because that's all I do is eat. Eat food trucks. I ate Mexican food a while ago, so, I mean, uh, it's all, all kinds of good food. You can't pass it up. Yeah, well, that's a good problem to have, but this has been 48 Minutes Episode 2. You can find us at 48MinutesNetwork, 48MinutesNetwork.com, or on Twitter at 48MinutesNetwork, network spelled without the vowels. If you like it, again, subscribe, click the little button, review us on iTunes, give us five stars, tell us you love us. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Nick. And as always, hail Hayward, and good night. I appreciate it. You guys keep up the great work. We love you over here in Texas, and you guys are going to do great things Uh, not only now, but also in the future.